0: helpful for an exclusive discount on the Simple Events Pro Plan and step into the world of simple events, turning your next event from successful to spectacular.
1: Do you live in a world filled with corporate data? Are you plagued by siloed departments? Are your lackluster growth strategies demolishing your chances for success? Are you held captive by the evil menace, Lord Lack? Lack of time, lack of strategy, and lack of the most important and powerful tool in your superhero tool belt. Knowledge. Never fear, Hub Heroes. Get ready to don your cape and mask, move into action, and become the Hub Hero your organization needs. Tune in each week to join the League of Extraordinary Inbound Heroes as we help you educate, empower, and execute. Hub Heroes, it's time to unite and activate your powers. Before we begin, we need to disclose that Devin is currently employed by HubSpot at the time of this episode's recording. This podcast is in no way affiliated with or produced by HubSpot, and the thoughts and opinions expressed by Devin during the show are that of his own and in no way represent those of his employer.
2: That's, That's right, right, Devin. You're on your own.
0: You're on your own.
2: You're a man on an island. That's what's up.
0: I, w- I would well, I would. throw him a, a I preserver. It. I would be there for you, Devin.
2: You would throw him a preserver. I'm not sure what you would throw me. Shade. After what happened before we started recording today, I don't know, George. I, I don't know answer. what I'm in for I get, today.
0: He gets, a, he gets a like life vest, you get shade. Nice. <laughs> what did I do? Right. You didn't do anything. You didn't do what anything. What did I do? It's it. just called you entertainment, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, no Liz's were impacted in the filming of this podcast. So
2: Yeah, just wait yeah. until you get my therapy
0: bill, all <laughs> right? We then we'll talk island, about, who's dealing, oh, we'll
2: talk easy, about yeah. who's dealing with harm. We'll talk about who's dealing with harm.
0: Yeah, yeah, I'm out of here. Okay,
1: wow, this is turning violent <laughs> that was so like quickly. Crazy,
0: like I don't even know how we went from like vest and shade to like cannibalism in like we haven't 30 even seconds. introduced
2: our guest yet, but I can see our guest going like, so this is what I said yes to. I'm thrilled to be here. This is great. We are all thriving. Yeah, we'll settle we them. Live, laugh, love posters in the bargain bin of Home Goods. Yeah, we'll We're doing them. fine. We'll do good. We're doing fine. Max, how you doing, bud? Do you have your steering wheel? Oh, do you need a nail? No, no, no. Okay.
0: No, no, no. I, it's no, 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 no,
3: nah. no, no, no. because I'm, I'm cold. And when, I, when I get super, super cold, I yawn. That's all.
0: You I'm work okay. for a company that their logo is a Popsicle, bro. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's probably always cold Yeah, but where I'm still at. a human. Po-
2: big Popsicle can't throw you a parka? No. Gee, honey. I can't. It doesn't have arms. a coat
0: or a blanket. I'm just...
2: Oh. All right. All right. Rain us in,
0: Liz. Rain us in.
2: Yeah, yeah. I'm working on it. I'm working on it. All right. You know what? Flawless segue. Hey, Chris, how you doing, bud? Hey, Welcome Liz, to Hub right Heroes. Right. Thanks. I am so excited. So we have my friend Chris Stillwell here today from... The, st- the Stillwell Sales Group, right? So you do sales training and growth consulting for sales organizations and sales teams.
4: Yeah, TSSG, the Stillwell Specialist Group. Actually, specialist. we try to elevate it above sales and create specialists. No one wants to deal with a salesperson.
0: Yeah, true. true. I'm already liking where this is going.
2: This is going to be a super fun episode because if you spent any length of time in the inbound marketing space, the ideas that buyers have changed, how they make their decisions to make purchases, that's not brand new information, right? This is the foundation upon which the entire inbound methodology has been developed for more than a decade still Still though, as marketing and sales teams work to align more closely together, and business owners look at their more old school sales teams to modernize their processes and platforms, they're still kind of a problem. While there are certainly tons of forward thinking and progressive sales reps and teams and leaders out there, there are still sales organizations that are struggling or resisting to adopt necessary changes. To be fair, This is one of my favorite things about a conversation Chris and I had earlier this week. Us marketers and business leaders aren't exactly as empathetic or understanding as we need to be about why this might be the case. Because I think sometimes it's really easy to just flat out point our fingers at sales and go, you are the problem. You are the only problem. And that's just not at all what the case is. So, for example... Many years ago, when I was working at Impact, which is an elite partner agency with HubSpot, I was a content strategist on the marketing team. My boss came to me one day and said, Liz, you've genuinely been doing such a good job on the marketing team. I now want you to go be the dedicated sales content strategist. And because I am princess Tact and have a very... I don't have a filter between my brain and my mouth. I just blurted out, am I being punished?
3: Mm.
2: Mm. (laughs) And I... I felt like all of the fun stuff that I had been doing was now going away and I was going to be sent to sad sales island where nothing was going to be fun and everything was going to be sad. But it ended up being the most transformative year of my career because I learned firsthand how sales teams are looked upon as profit centers and relied upon as a company's revenue producers, but they are often left to fend for themselves with scores of broken promises, Mm. limited resources, and a distinct lack of understanding from other teams that they're supposed to be working with, which is why, Chris, I am so glad you're here. I hope you guys don't mind. I wanna go ahead and jump in with a question uh, for Chris, because you gave a talk earlier this week at a sales seminar. And you opened with, buying has changed, sales hasn't. Why is that? What does that mean?
4: Well, um, you know, uh, the easiest way to put it is uh, it it hasn't needed to. Um, You know, the thing is, is the tried and true sales methods that were invented, you know, hundreds of years ago have worked astonishingly well forever because the technology behind selling hasn't really been updated the issue is with the advent now of the internet right which we are all now adjusted to i'm sure most guys and gals in our age group didn't grow up with it but grew up into it and are now adapting with it and learning it right we're the only generation that's ever going to be able to say that um so that's changed then of course amazon comes along completely revolutionizes the way that everyone buys. I mean, enough to, you know, permeate even like the largest retailers, Walmart, Target. They just try to be a copy of Amazon, but in a store form now. And then, you know, we had COVID-19, which basically took every traditional sales process and maybe old school salesperson and flipped it on their head and said, hey, now you have to learn how to sell to somebody over Zoom and you can't go into their house anymore and you can't even have a conference and you can't. know you just have to figure out how to be good at the structure and the substance and i think because of that things have changed so rapidly now sales is left behind i mean 80 percent of a buying decision is made due to the marketing right i mean how often would you say that in the past used to exist Mm -hmm. you know so i I think the way we need to realistically look at it is marketing has updated technology is updated businesses have updated but people are still using you know uh wind friends and influence people sales strategies, you know, like carpetbaggers and, you know, hard closes and, um, you know, focusing on logic when you're trying to sell to people. It's just not going to work anymore. So I think if, if people get the idea that the rest of the technology behind this arena has updated, let's update the sales we're going to start having better results
2: now george i saw you head nodding and getting kind of excited as i was going through the intro and listening to chris there what are some of your initial reactions as we're going into this discussion what are you excited to learn today
0: well i mean i'm i'm excited to learn things like well how can the sales professionals start to make the change um what mindset should they be uh, inserting into their brain like what are the new best practices based on the technology things like that is is where immediately where my uh, brain is going but it's funny because the thing that is just like, Basically slapping me, you know, it, right in the front of the cranium. as I, I'm I'm sitting here listening to Chris. By the way, great voice. Mm. And uh, and and I'm like, I mean, right? I, could I be born I with that to voice? narrate my life. Like I'm, I'm trying to figure out if he should be like a Marvel character or like next to the Rock on the next Fast and Furious movie. I'm just trying to figure it out. But <laughs> the next Fast and, I'm, and I'm, Furious movie, I'm, you know what my answer I will I always be in that you. case. But, but Devin,
2: do not start. Yeah,
0: but but the brain is like. I have this company that I help and, and I won't, I I won't say what company, I won't say what sales rep, but like the amount of sales acronyms that they make it a point to say during our meetings, like... You know, uh, I, yeah. that's the pants, uh, You know, because the Bant is the <laughs> Bant the bant is the Bantiest. and I'm like, oh god, just help Be me into make the it through is this. is the
2: Bantiest? Can we get that on a shirt, please? Yeah, I did. I did, put, I did like, put
0: it dude, on. a hat. Lose the acronyms. I'm. I'm like, dude, lose the acronyms. Like, the, like you. You anyway. That's like, I'm laughing about it, but I'm like, I know that if there is a human that I'm engaging with in the inbound space
2: a what you're engaging with george
0: a human oh 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 god a uh, human that Thank i'm engaging you. with uh, <laughs> in the inbound space i know how many companies haven't even heard about or thought about inbound and how many companies have to be in this like abc band 123 you know whatever it is like too many anyway
2: well let's let's dig into some of this here cuz so before we get to this idea of what the change should look like Chris, I'd love to hear from you. What are some of the reasons you're seeing sales teams either failing or outright resisting the necessary changes that need to occur?
4: Oh, wow. I mean, first of all, it comes down to ego, right? The the sad part about being a successful salesperson is you have to have the same type of mentality that a successful athlete has, where you're on a team, but you're also yourself, right? So it doesn't matter like what type of organization you're a part of, you still have to be your own star. So in a lot of organizations, people want to be an individual snowflake. They want to be the best that they can be. They want to have their own techniques, their own strategies. Charlie does it his way. Danny does it his way. Mark's been doing it for 17 years this way. So when you say that somebody's been doing something for a certain amount of time, And now you try to tell that person, you know, hey, now this thing might be outdated. Let's try something new. You're going to run into ego and resistance right away because you're basically shattering what someone's reality is and trying to break it down and restructure it. You know, so I think that's one of the biggest holdups you run into with people wanting to approach, say, something that's not Bant or DISC or something else that was created 50 years ago when we're talking about working with customers whose average age is probably 35 to 45 you know so I think I think looking at a realistic perspective from sales teams and saying like when are you going to update what you're doing if you haven't updated it is the best way to approach this situation
0: you know it's interesting Liz my my brain is going in a direction that I did not think you would go in this episode based on what Chris just shared because the word fear came to mind and like if I'm a sales rep and I'm I'm working on commission And for the last 17 years, I'll just be Mark, right? For the last 17 years, I've been able to feed my family based on the uh, repeatable process that I can now do in my sleep. If I think about changing, the immediate place that my brain goes is, well, what if I don't make as much, AKA fear, and my worry is that an understanding of humans is that so many humans aren't willing to punch fear in the face push through it for change, and maybe Mark actually doubles his income over the next two to six months. Well, I mean, that's that's the thing, right,
4: is I was talking to Liz about this specifically. Let's say that I come to marketing, and I'm a business uh, leader, right, and I come to the marketing department and say, hey guys, we're gonna put into place a new software in a new marketing process over the next 18 months, and we're gonna take out what we've previously done, throw it away and embrace this new change. You're all going to look at me and go, that might suck, but at least my paycheck's not going to change next week, right? Now think if you're a salesperson and you're getting paid 80 or 100% on commission Mm -hmm. and some young guy comes in and says, hey, I know you've been making $150,000 a year for the last 15 years. I got a better way of doing this and we're going to switch it to my way with a bunch of new technology you don't understand. And I'm telling you, you'll make more money. Mm. Is he really going to believe me or is he going to think I'm trying to force him out by embracing technologies he's probably not going to want to be a part of with strategies that he's probably not going to want to
3: get involved with? see you later. Right? Yeah.
2: Well, the thing that even goes a little bit more deeply with that, too, if I'm recalling that conversation, Chris, is what I found fascinating is that even when you have sales teams, though, that understand they need to change, they're not always self-aware enough about what actually needs to change well, yeah. they know yeah talk to me about that
4: yeah i mean you, you got to be realistic if you, you if you tell somebody you have to change okay but like what do i have to change right and like how do i change it and if i do change it what do i do then right so you, you have to be realistic that that when you're saying to salespeople like yeah we want to change you get the thing that george just said you think somebody's going to show up with a four-letter acronym and tell you this new method that's all of a sudden gonna sell stuff to people. The problem is that the substantial amount of sales training that exists is tactical training, right? So it's like how to close better, or how to build rapport, or how to present your product better. But it's not a process. How to make a better process, how to start with a greeting to a customer, how to bring them through a series of questions that figures out what they're actually looking for, how to flip the sale back around, engage the customer so that they understand it's about them, not about you. Having things like that is what updates a sales process and makes it make sense now as compared to in the past, you had to focus 100% on product.
0: First of all, there was a thumbs up bubble that just happened on Chris's screen. Yeah, I did saw it too. Did <laughs> anybody else see that? I'm like, what the freak is that? Somebody is like just did that in the filter? audience, I think. Maybe that's like a new thing. I think something. that's the audience. I appreciate Holy it. Holy crap. We got our first Hub Heroes thumbs up from an audience. And number. by the way, it wasn't to any of us. It was, it was to a guest. Well, we got to step it up, I, guys. I'm fine wow. with that. But here's the thing. So this might be the podcast where we have said the word change. More in like one podcast than we ever have, and I'm so curious. I want to poll like the rest of us sitting here, Devin. When if somebody was to come up with you, Max, I'm going to ask you the same thing Mm -hmm. and Liz. If somebody comes up and you says, Hey, buddy, uh, we're going to change some stuff, what's your initial gut reaction? Honestly, excitement.
5: Um, (laughs) yeah, I uh, (laughs) I like my life has evolved around change and being at uh, the the cutting edge of things and so uh I, am, I i am of the mindset and the personality type that change is good um as long as it's thought out and there's a methodology and we're not just nuking mm. things and switching it up for the sake of doing it uh the the kind of change that i'm a fan of uh is is change that has um uh, a why behind it not change for the sake of change Uh, i also am not a fan of sweeping change before people understand the lay of the land Um, like if someone just comes into an organization Mm. and says hey this is how we're going to do things now uh screw how you've been doing things i don't know how you've been doing things i don't care how you've been doing things we're going to do now that I'm also not a fan of because that just means that there's too much rigidity in their thinking and they're not uh, uh, open to adapting using the best practices that may or may not be in place. Um, so, but the short answer is I love change. Uh, if you're not changing, you're 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 stagnant.
3: You know, I did a good amount of, you know, selling at Apple and I was in a sales role at my tail end of my time at HubSpot. And, you know, so I've, I've gone through this, right? I mean, and I have a lot of, I do have a lot of, you know, in in between those times I was I was trying to, you know, get salespeople to adopt HubSpot as well, like when I was working as an implementation specialist and stuff. So like I have a lot of empathy for sales folks not wanting to change what they're doing because like the fact of the matter is it's like selling is already so hard right like you're literally trying to get people to give you money which is like a difficult thing you know what i mean like that's hard um and you know a lot of times when someone would come up to me especially when i was in my role at apple and they'd be like all right we're going to change this process it was never like something that was like Benefiting my ability to sell. It was always something that was benefiting someone else's ability to see how well I'm already doing my job, right? Or, it's, or you know, it's someone who, like, didn't understand what it was like to do my job, thinking they're inserting something that's going to be better when they haven't even gotten on the phone and, like, tried to sell anything, right? So it's like, you gotta, like, whenever, what what I would do whenever I was trying to drive adoption with sales reps, because be, I'd, I'd probably been on hundreds of calls with, sales people that got hubspot crm and they got their whole you know the sales manager or the marketing people brought the sales team in and they're all sitting with me on the zoom like why the why the am i here right and i have to be the one to convince them like guys listen i know this is like a new system and everything but like there is stuff that can make your life easier and i would have to like do a lot of legwork to be like so are you guys doing this is this a pain in the ass no is this a pain in the ass no is this a pain in the ass yes okay let me show you this thing it's gonna make it less of a pain in the ass so you can see why this is important for you not just your boss who wants to keep track of what you're doing right so for me it was like you have to figure out what's actually making the seller's life easier because sellers will always look for a leg up right but oftentimes new technology is never presented that way or purchased with that being the intent right so it always makes it really really tough to change what a sales rep is doing because they know it works so far if they've been successful in that role right so i don't know a bit of a ramble but like that's kind of what's in my head
0: yeah and as much as i love that ramble i still don't know if you love or hate change like if i came over and said buddy we're going to change everything the, the way that we do it in your organization or in your house if your gut response would be the "wee" or "oh," yeah, change is good if it benefits you. Like that's okay. it, uh, you know what
3: okay. I mean. If it if it doesn't, you, you know, know, then oh, then you are gonna you are gonna push product. back on it. Yeah. By the way, hold on, hold on. I, 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 I disappeared for a second. I just have to. Show everybody the band hat. Ah, the band hat. <laughs> this is, this is belugas hooked. and narwhals together, however. That's amazing. However. So, yeah. Anyway, that's
4: a long... One. Yeah, don't get me started yeah. on why I don't like the, it's, <laughs> That we could do well, a whole, whole episode We episode. love belugas. We'll bring you back We love that
3: belugas one. and narwhals together, though. That's the thing, right? So, Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, They're yeah. delicious from what yeah. i
0: here. <laughs> Oh, here we go again.
2: Oh, my God. Oh, no, so you fit you fit no, right no, in. You I fit right in. Oh,
4: okay, good. Good. Yeah. All right. Yeah, yeah, I didn't know you guys perfect. recently had a friend lose a whale no. or something like that.
2: Well, I mean, I yeah. was not hugged enough by belugas as a mm. child, but that's also why I'm averse to mm. change. So George, did you want me to weigh in about yeah, my thoughts yes. on change? Like, cuz I'm
0: I, it's funny because I feel like I'm getting the hub heroes correct answers cuz I hate freaking change. No, like, that's oh, what I was calling for. I don't I like it. Change. I don't like it. Don't move the- my shit. Like, I want <laughs> my stuff to be where I left it. Like, don't come clean my office. I liked it just the way it was. Like, But but as far as organizations, I'm like, if we can make more money or we can have more time, maybe I'll embrace change.
2: Embrace the messy. Now my feeling on change is this. Uh, I don't... When people come to me with organizational change, at least historically speaking, I know exactly how Max feels. I was never in a sales role, but often when people are bringing in change, the change management strategy, the way by which they are communicating the change, talking about the change, it fails. And often you'll end up in scenarios where it's like, Max, how many times were people coming in to ask you to change your sales process so someone could claim credit for part of a sale?
3: all the time. You know what I
2: mean? Like- like that's, you know, it's stuff like that. I think it, there was a running joke for a little while, though, at Impact, Bob Ruffalo, who runs Impact, we used to joke like, tell Liz a big piece of news and let her sit with it for 12 hours before you ask for her response. Because my knee-jerk reaction is, no, why? I don't want to. I don't get it. I don't understand it. Now, usually when I get to the other side of the change, and when change, when it's done in a meaningful way where people are engaged in the process. Like if you're going to change a sales process, have you talked to people in sales? Or is the first time they're hearing about the change when you're telling them that it's happening? Like that's where I start getting really tripped up. Because if there is like, let's say you're making a massive change to the sales process, right? Have you gone to people in sales, ask them what was wrong, ask them for their feedback, ask them what they think the solution
0: hub heroes listeners. This episode is brought to you by simple events, a true game changer that integrates with your HubSpot CRM ready to revolutionize your event management process. Well, imagine this you're tasked with planning an event. It could be an intimate workshop or a large scale corporate event All capitals helpful for an exclusive discount on the Simple Events Pro Plan and step into the world of simple events, turning your next event from successful to spectacular.
2: It should look like stuff like
5: that. Most
0: times not. They've read a book or they saw a speaker on stage, came back to yeah. the organization And blew stuff up. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I mean, Liz, in the last position
4: I had before I started my company, we had a a marketing company come in. And that's exactly what they did is they they said, hey, guys, I know this business has been running for 100 years and you guys make $50 million. But we're coming in. We're changing everything. (laughs) And we were just like, "Oh." okay, but we don't even know you, you you don't even know what we do. And all they would do is just simply tell us things they were going to change and then never actually be able to change them. At one point, it's actually really interesting because we were having issues with our fulfillment, with the installs in the field. And uh, the lady was in the meeting and this terrible, terrible marketing woman. And I said, how have you guys fixed the install issues they have in the field? And she said, Chris, we don't do installs. I've never done installs. I wouldn't be able to help them with that. My response was, oh, that's interesting because you've been quite involved with the sales process. And this is coming from a person who doesn't know how to sell. She knows how to market, which makes her think she knows how to sell. But when you're doing what George said, which is actually sitting across the table from somebody and asking them for money, that's not marketing. That's tough to do. And you have to have a process and you have to be able to do it. So I believe just like understanding Max's point was the best point, which is this If you don't know how to sell what I'm selling, don't tell me I should be doing it differently. Get on the phone, bang out some sales, and show me. That you should be doing it differently i mean that's why i started my company i've been selling for 20 years and i've been making so many business owners so much money for so long that i was like how long am i going to keep funneling this up to other people before maybe some of it stops at me yeah you know what i mean the problem with commission is you know the percent you're getting which means the other percent is going to somebody else you so know so- i have
2: a question from the audience from you because it is related to this so salim asked sure. a great question Let's say you have an organization that sees a need for a change because the process is, quote, not working, but the Mm -hmm. reps don't feel like the process is broken.
4: Mm -hmm. So how do
2: you approach that?
4: That's actually very consistent. That's a a huge lack of self-awareness. So what this comes down to is this is actually having your own statistics in your head, right? So if I ask somebody, uh, what's your closing percentage? That's a question that I'd ask consistently in sales and it's a thing marketers want to know all the time, right? You guys need to know what these teams are closing at because you want to judge how good leads are and where they're coming from and, you know, maybe the Google leads close at a higher percentage than the, you know, than the Facebook leads or whatever it comes down to. Well, when you have salespeople who think they're doing good, all it comes down to is look at their paycheck. If you've got salespeople who aren't making two hundred and fifty dollars or $300,000 a year, they're not doing good. Because at any job with the current climate that we have right now in America, with the ability to sell products that you can, with the skill sets that exist out there, you can easily be making middle to high six figures, working 40 hours a week with a good sales job. The problem is people just don't think that's an opportunity. So when you have a team of people who are all used to making seventy dollars or $80,000 a year on commission, they think they're crushing it at 40% closing rates, their sales cycles are three or four weeks, they think things are going great. The thing is, they don't realize there's an opportunity for things to be better because exactly what these other guys are saying. They feel like if somebody like me comes in and says, guys, I can make your closing percentages go up and your sales cycles go down. They think, yeah, but how much extra work am I going to have to do now? Mm. Right?
2: Yeah. Like speaking of extra work there, it reminds me of a conversation you and I were having about, you know marketing leads or business leaders coming in saying, well, we want to quote unquote fix your process. And meanwhile, you, then you end up with sales reps who are struggling because thanks a lot for all these changes that have now reduced my amount of time to sell, or you've exactly. just created more work for me. How does that happen?
4: It, it happens consistently because the, the thing is, it's, it's like this is, is so so to be a a good salesperson again you have to have that athlete mentality you have to have that tom brady um michael jordan mentality of i am gonna get out there and i am gonna like just kick ass and crush right does that does everybody get where i'm coming from with that does that seem toxic or does that make sense i mean other than you use tom brady i'm good yo chill other than that (laughs) Yeah, come on. He's the go. He's the go. So, um, I I mean, realistically, what it comes down to is to have that personality and have that way of thinking um, and to 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 have that thought process kind of causes you to be egotistical and not be able to see the light the right way. One of the things
5: that I've found has worked for me in the past um, when I'm implementing change that affects commission is I will take just one person. implement that change with one person and let that person be the bunny that leads the other dogs to the finish line Um, because when I'm dealing with egos and this was this was something I found a lot when I was younger not so much now that I'm in my 40s um, but when I was trying to implement change when I was like in my 20s or early 30s people just look at me like "Ah, you don't know what you're talking about you're just a kid I'm like all right and sometimes I had to be that dude myself, where I was just that. Okay, you do it your way. I'm going to do it this way that I know is going to work better, and watch what happens. And then destruction, mayhem, and people would just what? How? What? What just happened? Um, and and so uh, sweeping change may not always be the answer when uh, when change management, especially in a sales org, is in place, because the problem with dealing with these people who are used to operating on a certain level, they think that they're elite championship uh, people when they're really in the triple A's. And it's like, okay, uh, like Wolf of Wall Street, when he walks in and just, Instantly crushes a sale, and these guys don't even make that kind of money in a month. And he does it on one call. And so it's like, all right, we're we're I'm, I'm just going to show you. I'm not even going to tell you. I'm just going to show you. And then when you come to me and ask me how it's done, now it's time for industry or, or, or uh, company-wide uh, change management and building up from there.
4: And that makes sense, though, right? Because
5: and that makes sense, though, right? Because
4: if you have the right organization, you have the right process. Built, you could take that process and kind of drop it into any different sales structure, and kind of that's what he was kind of showing with the Wolf of Wall Street. Was like, hey, you know, we were doing these these other, I was doing other sales like this. Why can't I treat use this same structure for these penny stocks, right? And that's how I think about it. And the way I think is so funny. And like, if if you talk to the average salesperson, and I'm not trying to dig at people, guys, I'm a sales guy. I've been selling for twenty years. It's what I love to do. It's who I work with. But if you talk to the average guy and say, could you just write your process down for me? It's going to be a hard no. They're going to tell you, my hand's broken. I got carpal tunnel. I don't know how to use that kind of pen. Um, I'm not used to that paper. I've actually got to go. I I peed my pants. They're going to give you, like, every excuse possible to not have to write their process down, because they don't have one, man. You know what I mean? Think about it. 90% of us got into sales because we were dropouts and losers. We we weren't going to go to college. We needed to learn how to do something, and they said, look, you can't actually change the oil yourself, but you could probably get somebody to buy a card to change oil. So, oh, okay. I probably could do that. What do you, what do you need to teach me? Like, well, we're going to teach you on the job. Look, there's not a lot of jobs where <laughs> you're going to become an expert if you're learning on the job. Mm. And that's, what's so crazy about salespeople is like, if I said to you, Hey, I want to hire you as a salesperson. what's your sales structure? Can you explain to me how you go through a sale? Most people can't, yeah. they just can't. But if I turn to marketers, right. And I said, could you take me through how you'd build a basic marketing campaign for a small to medium sized business with a budget of $200,000 a year, easy. Easy. You'd be able to give me a quick rundown of, oh, yeah, first thing we do this, second thing we'd put this into play, we'd link up their SEO. and so, so that's a process, right? And if I go to a guy in the field who, say, install stuff, and I say, hey, man, you're going to build this website for us, right? How are you going to do it? He's not going to go, I just do it. He's going to tell me step by step, oh, you know, first thing I do is register the domains, pull this stuff up. So that's where sales has the biggest problem, right, is those egos I was telling you about, Liz, they don't want to develop a process. They don't want to write it down. They don't want to look at it and say, how can I analyze this? One of the biggest things I see is the three biggest objections people run into, right? And and, and for most industries, it's the same type of thing. It's like, let me talk to my spouse, right? Or uh, let me talk to my business partner if it's it's B2B, right? And then the second one is, I need some time to think about it, right? People tell you they need some time to think about it. And what's the third biggest one? It's price, right? But we know that none of those three things, are actual real objections. We understand that those are surface level, basic objections that people are going to tell you because you haven't done a good enough job at getting them to understand the value behind your product and that they should move forward with it today. Right. So what you'd say to a normal person is, well, you keep getting those three objections, Chris. What have you done during your sales pitch to work in pre-handling of each one of those objections so that on the next call you go to, you can't run into one of those three. Most people are going to tell you, well, you can't do that. It's just not possible. I I mean, some people just need to think about it and other people really want to talk to their spouse and maybe the price is too high. No, just be better. Learn, develop, write. That will make you better. It's the difference between having a script and no script is the difference between going to a stand-up comedy show or an improv comedy show. I mean, improv comedy show is okay, but you don't usually see them taped and put on Netflix, right? It's because it's hard to watch and people don't really like it. So if you have a process and you have a script and you refine it to get the result you're looking for, you'll be a better salesperson. It's just not something a lot of people want to do. Yeah. It's,
0: I, it's I, so interesting because, and i this is going to be quick, Max, and you can go, yeah. but like, as I hear you saying that, Chris, it's like, it's easy to practice a process. Yes. It's not easy to practice just like the ether. <laughs> like you can't practice the ether.
3: Can? Yeah. yeah.
4: The the phrasing that every sale is different is because you allow every sale to be different. That's what it comes down to. That's like a doctor saying every surgery is different. Well, I hope yeah, not, bro. But I, I mean, because I'm a different person than the other person, but I still have kidneys. Mm-hmm. You know, like I, it's, it's if you don't have a method for something, it's going to be different every time. So instead of it's so funny because everything in sales is everyone else's fault. Well, the company didn't give me a process like, all right, cool, man. Well, you should make one up then. You should own that, right? Like you should take that on yourself to to, to, to make it. So every time I'm out there, it's an experiment and I'm doing it the same way every time. And I'm trying to figure out what my results are. If your closing percentage is 40%, but you do every sale differently. What are we even talking percentages for? Right. I mean, if, if, when, and when it comes down to salespeople, they're like athletes, you have to look at statistics and you have to be real with them. If somebody's batting percentage drops off, you can't keep starting them because you like them. The team's not going to win that way
2: max what do you
3: I got? Think, uh, yeah i mean i I'm, I'm resonating a lot with the you know sales people don't want to do that bit that you were talking about because like i definitely didn't <laughs> want to like i you know i i, I often <laughs> say like i'm I, w- I was i was you know when i was at apple and i was at hubspot like it was i was a great salesperson but i never considered myself a good one at all right like i'm i'm fully convinced that the only reason i was able to perform the way i did is because i truly loved and believed in the products and i didn't feel like i was lying to sell something right um it was always and like that's you know i i don't know how other people who like i'm interested in getting your thoughts on this honestly because there's and and, because maybe this is just something that works for me like i think it's really tough to be a good salesperson if you don't actually care about what you're selling and who you're selling it to right like it, and i'm sure this 100%. yeah like it's in i'm sure people can deploy different methods and skills and stuff to do it but i think it's really hard to enjoy it especially if you have like a conscience right like for me it was always super easy selling hubspot because like I know how fucking cool this thing is and how great it is and how how much it can actually help you. Right. And for me, it was a very easy, genuine conversation. I never did scripts or like uh, needed frameworks or anything. It was so easy because I actually understood what the hell I was selling that I could have a genuine conversation with someone and tell them, yeah it's going to help you or no, this isn't a good fit for you. And I don't want to create a bad customer for my CS friends down the line. So I'm going to move on to someone who I know is a good fit. Cause there's billions of them out there. Right. And like, so it was easy for me to do that. Right. Cause I really, really understood what I was selling. So I could cut my losses where I know it's not going to be like worth going down that path with someone and go to someone that is, and I knew there were more of them out there. Right. But like, I could, you couldn't drop me in a, and, and mind you, I had like, tenured longest most successful sales reps (laughs) at HubSpot telling me if you were an AE you'd be the best salesperson HubSpot's ever had and I would go "Mm, probably not right but like I've had multiple people tell me that and it's only because I knew the product so well and I could have genuine conversations about it I didn't have to bullshit people and I could actually get people super stoked on it right but you couldn't go drop me out of Salesforce or another SaaS company and expect me to do the same thing. That's the thing. I did not, I do not possess any of the skills that could it could be like, okay, cool. Go sell me, you know, go sell this. No, nope. If I don't know what it is I don't. I don't love it, I can't do it, dude. Like, I, I can't. So, okay. I'm weird. I'm really weird. Like, I can sell the ass out of HubSpot and, and Apple products because I love a man. But, like, you, you put me in for trying to sell me this pen, I mean... I don't know. Am I really into that pen? If I'm not, I'm probably not going to try to sell it to you, bro. Like, I can't do it. I don't think you're weird, though. I don't. I don't no. think you're
2: weird. I, I want to hear what Chris has to say about this. Yeah. Well,
4: look at it this way, right? What you just described there is basically every what we like to call entrepreneur, but really every small business owner in America is like, hey, I really like flowers. Yeah. I'm gonna. I can talk about flowers, so I'm blue in the face. I'm gonna open up a shop selling people flowers, mm-hmm. right? So then you could sell your own product and be good at it. The the issue is most people don't have the luxury that you do of getting to sell the yeah. product that they love. Yeah. They have to have a damn job, yeah. right? That's so, why I'm, like real, for me, that's like why I'm sell, really
3: careful about giving any kind of sales advice because it doesn't. My my makes my uh, experience I think is so. I don't want to say um, I'm unique, but like. It's it's very, you know, it's 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 different than what a salesperson is going to experience selling another product. Right. It's 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 very different. Yeah, totally.
4: So so if you look at me, I look at it in a way of growth in scaling organizations. That's what my business does, right? What we do is we help you grow. One of the things like Liz was saying that we can do is sales training, but really what's more important is the process, right? Because you don't have the luxury of going out and finding employees who necessarily love your product, yeah. right? Like I'm, I'm in a, I'm in a good position now because I own a company where I get to sell myself and I'm narcissistic as hell. So it works great, right? <laughs> like I can just talk about me till the end of the, the, you know, I just flex a little bit and tell them a little side story you and know, it's me you know people love me like so I could talk really big about myself but I've actually found that now I've lost my ability to kind of sell other things to people that I'm not as passionate about mm-hmm. right but the thing is I have a great process yeah. so even if you heard me sell to you know for one of my clients whether it's IT or staffing or generators or in-home services you would think wow Chris really loves this thing like just just for instance um I I I happened to win a sales award last year for Generac and it was a pretty big deal. I didn't expect it to happen. It was huge for me and it's what made me quit my job and create this company, right? But what's what's funny about it is one of the guys I was talking to at the conference, he comes up to me and he's talking to me about an install that he's doing and he's telling me, oh, and we sold this size job and this size line and all this stuff. And I'm standing there staring at him. He goes, man, you, you look like you don't have any idea what I'm talking about. And I said, oh, yeah, bro, I have, I have no idea what you're talking about. And he's like, oh, wait, I, I thought... I thought you were the guy who sold the generators and won the award. I said, Oh yeah, I can sell them. I don't know how they work. I don't know how to install them. I I don't know anything about the parts. I don't even know the SKUs. I just know that they keep the power on if your power goes out so your family doesn't lose the lose the food in the fridge and grandma's ventilator isn't turn off. <laughs> uh- and the guy's laughing. He's going, How do you how are you able to sell these and you don't even know anything about them? I go, Because I'm not selling the product. I'm selling a process. Mm-hmm. Right. You could place anything in the process. As long as the process is done correctly, it's going to work.
0: Well, and I think too, like my brain is like ready to explode over here. Liz, like, I know I thing.
2: can tell I'm excited like,
0: to see What happens like for for everybody That's kind of paid attention to hub Heroes over the last what 50 Plus episodes um, They know that for me it's all about The, the humans and yes. and So when I oh, go into this I, I, I would I would never have By the way classified myself as A salesperson um, But owning my own business has proven That dang on I'm pretty good At what you would yep. call a salesperson Except the problem is I'm not actually really selling anything. I'm so focused on the human, human, and I'm focused on the problem, and I'm focused on the (laughs) process that the humans need to create, right? And because I'm passionate about the human, I understand the problem that they're facing, and I've done enough research to understand a process that can solve it. I can almost sell anything, which is why I can talk about why you should do podcasting for your business. Why video is the actual way to go for to one sales why you can do lead generation with like like and you can just go yes. in all these different directions because it has dink to do with hubspot other than hubspot is the tool that allows us to do all the things that we know we can do oh absolutely people ask me all the
4: time when i'm selling to them they go well why should i buy hubspot i had somebody say it to me the other day they go we're looking at salesforce but why should i buy hubspot i go i don't care if you buy hubspot or not it's working oh, with do. me is well, yeah, for sure. But but if I first of all, I got to be detached, right? I can't be attached to that sale. But like I said, I go, it, what you're actually buying is working with me. I said, and I don't sell Salesforce, so you have to make the decision whether you want to work with me and my products, which I could change in six months. You're still going to stay with me though, yeah. you know? And I think yeah. that's what it comes down to is is, is 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 having that process and making someone understand the product isn't important. It's the solution you're looking for that's important. It's the result that you want to get that's important, right? And, and, and you guys have been talking a lot about emotion. I just want to bring this up. You know, Harvard did a business study and, and of course it was on you know corporate selling, but we try to extrapolate that out because B2C studies are really hard to do based upon specific customers. But what they found was 30% of people made a buying decision based upon logic, right? So based upon facts, figures, money, that's how 30% of people made a buying decision. But the other 70% made a buying decision based upon emotion right so so what you guys are talking about here is you're emotionally invested in HubSpot, you're emotionally invested in success of other customers, you're emotionally invested so that emotion is coming across the customer and they're actually feeling that from you and they're getting emotional, which is triggering the buying process, right And if you want to get modern, you want to understand the difference between old school sales processes and new sales processes. Old school sales processes focus on the product they focus on features, benefits, feedback, what your neighbors were doing what other people had had success. If you want to do a new school sales process like ours, for instance, it focuses on the emotional behavior people have. It focuses on getting people to trigger and work the way that emotions work because these days people have all the information on the product that they need in the palm of their hand. So if you think you're going to sit down and tell them some fact or figure or show them something about HubSpot that they haven't seen before and that's going to make them buy, you're crazy. You have to get somebody to understand what is this product going to do to impact my life in the future. And moreover, what if I don't move forward with this today? What if I kick this can down the road six, seven, eight weeks, and I run into the same issues I've been having because I didn't make this decision? How is that going to affect me? And if a salesperson is able to elicit those emotions from me, then I'm going to say yes. I'm going to go forward. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make a move to do it. But if I just like the product and like the price, it's not necessarily enough to get me to, to want to buy or to buy now.
0: So, so here's the thing. When I hear you say that, Chris, if I'm a SVP or like head of sales, the immediate question I walk in after listening to this episode and ask my sales reps is around how much do they care? Because if I don't care, Cater. I'm not evoking any emotion. Like none. Like you, you have to be able to tie into that to do what you're saying in this new modern sales like process.
3: George, can you
4: – George yeah, or can or you at least quali- you have to
0: be good enough to fake it. Yeah.
3: George, can you qualify care about what?
0: Well, I think the human to
3: care about the person right? you're selling to and, or care- and yeah. I think
0: and I think the hurdle that they're trying to get over or the aspirational goal they're trying to reach. And that that for me, by the way, is the trifecta that I'm always paying attention to any time that I'm talking to somebody is who's who's the human. Where are they stuck, and where are they trying to get to? And inside that, I'm gonna find the magic tools, mindsets, best best practices, strategies to like lay down in that specific moment. Like that's my triangle of specificity, if you will, that I'm always paying attention to.
4: Yeah. So the cool cool thing is, George, if you can develop a process good enough, not saying that you don't right now, right? And let's say that you look at your average call right now, right, for instance, and you say, you know what? I talk to these customers. I'm passionate. They love me. I love them. I'm on the phone with them for an hour and a half, and I close them. That's great. Awesome. Now you say all of a sudden, hey, man, I want to make more money next month, right? Like I I don't like how much money I made this month. I want to make more money next month. So it takes me an hour and a half to close a person, which means that if I schedule two more calls each day, I can work an extra, I don't know, 12, 15 hours a week. So each month I'm working an extra 60 hours a week, but I'm going to make more money. But what if you could dial that process down that takes you an hour and a half to get that emotional commitment from the customer to 20 minutes? Mm right? So now you can get that same reaction that you were eliciting with an hour and a half conversation or a two-hour conversation that you had to go through this whole thing to get all this emotion out of this person and connect with them and get them to buy from you. If you could boil that down to less questions and make it maybe 20 minutes, now you could sell to three customers an hour as compared to three customers a day. And now you're doing what you said you want to do, which is you said you care about humans and you want to help people. So right now, by not having a good sales process, George, you're actually hurting your customers because you're not offering all of them your service at the level they could be buying it from you because you haven't decided that you think, hey, these people like me. It's emotion. Could I do a little better? Maybe.
2: Chris, and that's where do I the way sign I up? Like where do I sign it. up? <laughs> <laughs> right? Can we talk about the fact that we basically now need to have Chris back like once a month for right? sales therapy? Right? because Because like, the amount of feelings that we've been working through today – I want to end today's conversation, actually, Chris, by asking you a question I asked you a few days ago in front of an audience, because I think it is the answer that you gave was so critically important. So the question I asked him was this. Let's say you have a sales organization that is head nodding along with Chris. They're like, I get it. I freaking love this. You're absolutely right. Process is great. Scripting is like all of these different things. You're right. We haven't changed in the way that we need to change. How do well-meaning, change-seeking sales organizations still fail? What are the mistakes that they're making in an, in an attempt to affect change that are avoidable?
4: The biggest one is not enabling your team with the tools necessary to get the job done. Um, if you had guys who were doing deliveries and you, you bought them a cart, Said, we're going to deliver on the cart, guys. You got a bike in the front of it and you're going to pedal it down the road. And somebody said, hey, you could just buy a truck and make that delivery easier. But you went, whoa, there's a little bit of an overhead investment. We can't do that. We don't want to buy a truck. That's the same way that people look at sales organizations. It's ridiculous. They won't buy that truck. They won't make the investment into the better technology to make the job easier for their staff. So what happens is you run into sales organizations that say like, yeah, we want to do scripts. We want to do playbooks. We would love to have better communication with the customers. We wish we could send emails explaining our products to them. We wish we could do video tutorials. And I wish I had a list of how to follow up with people. But we're using Excel spreadsheets. Yeah. So what are you doing? You've invested in a new fleet of trucks for your, for your delivery guys, but you won't get a CRM for your sales team? It, it, what it comes down to is if you're not enabling your salespeople by putting the modern technology and the modern training into place, then they're never going to be successful in a modern arena. So if you want to walk the walk instead of just talking the talk and get better sales and you want to have be serious about your business... Put the technology into place that's going to allow your people to have time back in their day to focus on income-producing activities and building revenue for your business.
2: George, Max, Devin, you know, I'm not even going to bother saying one thing. What's the most important thing you guys are walking away with from today's conversation? I'd love to hear from it, you guys.
3: I think Max. I had one more question I wanted to ask Chris. yeah you
2: do okay wait so it's it was and and
3: and and maybe this is like kind of I think the thing that I and and maybe this is a a piece of advice I'll I'll, I will give because I think it's relevant to anything even if you're not selling HubSpot or whatever it was that I was you know that I I sold I think a a universally important thing to do is whenever you're having sales conversations with folks you should always try to make it and, and not try to make it look like this, but actually make it like this, where it's not a negotiation for money where I'm on one side of the table and you're on the other. It's more so we're sitting on the same side of the table, looking at the same problem and trying to figure it out together. That's at least how I tried to always genuinely approach things, right? And I think there is a difference between genuinely approaching it that way and having that be your internal mindset of how can I sit next to them on the table and look at the problem together and uh, and uh, attack it together, right, and say, this is what I bring to the table, this is what you bring, and this is how we put it together and solve that problem versus, I think it's very different than, than actually doing that versus creating a perception of that's how it is, right? Um, so I think it's important for the salesperson to like be able to genuinely do that in their own head Right, um, you know, versus make it look that way, but I don't know if you have thoughts on that. Chris.
4: Of course, I mean, what it comes down to is that's process, yeah. right? So, so, so realistically, um, the easiest way to explain it is if you were teaching somebody to play an instrument, mm-hmm. right? And you said, okay, I, I want you to do these chords here, and that you taught them all the chords. That's great. Now there might be a spot inside the that that song where you could do your own little riff or your own little thing, but the rest of the time, I need you to do the chords because that's what makes the song sound mm-hmm. good. It should be the same thing with the sales process. What you're saying is absolutely right. I want to sit down on the same side of the table, but I need to have a process that works for it. And then I could throw in my little emotional stuff here or there to get them on my side. Mm -hmm. But whether it's sitting across the table on the same side of the table or in a different room, you
2: have to have a process that works. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that. George, Devin. What are your big takeaways from today? Because by the way, Chris, we're definitely having you come back. We, we clearly have lots of sales questions that we want to talk to you about. Great. Don't worry. I
4: I literally have nothing going
3: on, so I'm
4: good. (laughs)
2: Nothing going on. It's fine. You know, I'll just come running down the hall. He and I work at the same co working space. Come on. We have more sales questions for you. There you go. Wait, same
3: side selling is what I just said a thing.
0: Yeah, dude, oh, Ian cool. Altman, I he's a I, buddy of mine. Yeah. Wrote the book, same side selling. Literally, the words that were coming out of your mouth, I'm like, All right, well, uh, here's the he, deal. he doesn't know. I, I don't know. It's second yeah, generation know. selling. It's, it's, I, it's second generation
4: I, selling. It's good selling. I, I, yeah, it's it's definitely good I, selling.
0: I, I don't, I don't read. I don't read books.
2: We just get balloons on Chris. You yeah, guys are
4: coming from. I, I swear, I'm not paying my wife to do that. That is not like a thing <laughs> I even know. I I just was afraid that I, I was afraid that was the end. You guys were like, hey, here's balloons. We'll see you. We're gonna do another no, podcast no, after this. No. Seriously? No.
2: Apparently, people just really like you, and they don't like us. This is so hurtful and disappointing. Oh wow! Here, Although can I give
4: very... you guys balloons? Is it possible for me to do that? I'll throw some balloons. Wait, out there. is it? Is it hand gestures? Funny. Is that what they're
0: saying on the chat? No, I don't think so. Anyway, okay, Weird. let's bring this in. So here, here's, like, so, okay, I'm going to go because, Devin, I know you still need to go. And I know I want to be cognizant of Chris's time. Um, for me, Liz, I am going to keep it to one thing. This, yes. this episode has proven to me the importance of understanding the people that you're serving, connecting their head to their heart, because when you can connect the head to the heart, you get to the wallet. Now, notice I mentioned wallet last. You're literally Check. taking care of the human first, and then that's you'll, then you'll reap the rewards
5: out of that after. Change management sucks. Devin? <laughs> that's it, that's the post. Change management is not fun. Uh, oh my God. That's a tweet.
2: Mine is is not as simple, but it's, it's a simple one. If you are the marketing leader, the business leader, the whomever who isn't in sales, looking to affect change from within sales, look at yourself in the mirror and ask who you're really trying to help. Are you trying to help yourself or are you trying to help sales? If the answer is the latter, Are you going to talk to them about the change you've already decided going to happen? You have a large problem. You need to go back a few steps and involve sales in the decision-making process to affect change within that organization. What I feel, I'm walking away from today feeling a lot of empathy for sales teams who are asked to do so much to literally carry companies on their back, Mm -hmm. but they are under-resourced, they are often they they don't even bother asking for training because companies won't give it to them they won't give them the to- they're like here i know you wanted hubspot but did you how about an abacus that'll be fine like you know like it's they're, like they're asked to, to work in the stone ages right mm-hmm. and then we wonder why they're so prickly we wonder why they don't <laughs> trust us we wonder why when we're like what's your process they're like why do you want to know My hamster has an IRS audit, I gotta go. Like, we wonder why they run from us. We wonder why they don't wanna tell us anything. Um, But Chris, before we let you go for today, how can people find you and get in touch with you if they have questions or wanna know anything?
4: Oh, well, so uh, the company is uh, TSSG. It's the Stillwell Specialist Group. Um, and uh, you can get us at wearetssg.com or follow us on social at wearetssg. And uh, you'll see my uh, wonderful little corgi kite. He's my buddy. He's our mascot. Um, he is on the website. And he is not for sale. But if you have a good enough pitch, he,
2: he, might, might, be. he might be willing to jump ship. Dang.
4: Dang! Now, yeah. So check us out um, for sure. You know uh, the, the company's great. We just got today uh, gold status with HubSpot. We've only been a what? HubSpot partner for six months. Nice. Um, Go. So that might be a record. We'll nice. see. Um, and there's just more down the pipeline, and uh, you know we're just growing and, and really just helping people uh, try to expand their business, create more jobs, and create more money for hardworking entrepreneurs and individuals who are busting their ass to get this country running again.
3: Mm.
2: I love it. Well, everybody out there listening, thank you for joining us, and we will talk to you all next week. Look at that, only 2 minutes over. We did it, guys. Efficient. Good job,
0: Victoria. Happy.